Welcome to Conversations with the Authors. Welcome back to Conversations with the Authors. I'm your host, Daniel. I'm Daryl. I'm Sandra. And with me, of course, uh, as you just heard, are my parents and the uh, authors of the highly rated Eric Hoffer-nominated sci-fi fantasy novel, How Nicholas Became Santa Claus. So I'd like to thank you, as always, and thank you, dear listeners, for pressing the play button, and thank you, Alexander Nakarada, for the wonderful intro. Today, we're going to offer our opinions on giving uh, writing good beginnings and strong endings uh, for sci-fi fantasy, and I guess any story, really, you're writing. Um, so the first question really starts with, uh, how do you hook the readers? I mean, with a sentence, with a paragraph? You know, sometimes a sentence can do it, mm-hmm. you know, and it it depends on what your story is, but you want to have something that the, that catches the reader's attention right away. Right, right. So starting with something like action or suspense, or as you so well do, vivid descriptions, um, are a great way of uh, provoking the audience into uh, you know following the story. Um, so how much of a how much of your story should be the intro to the story. And now my idea is that you are the of your overall story, maybe 10% should be your intro. I, I don't know if you can put a percentage on it like that. I mm-hmm. think uh, the intro is as long as it takes to, uh, to get the story mm-hmm. started. And, and in my opinion, uh, in modern stories, you want to get them started pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It could be from one sentence to a couple of paragraphs to a couple of pages. But uh, you got to do it quick. Mm-hmm. Now, Daryl, you started, uh, or well, Sandy, or you both started the book with uh, a prelude. Um, now, was that... The prologue? Yes, the prologue. I'm sorry, the, the prologue. Now, was that uh, by choice? Who started the prologue first? Was it your idea, Daryl, Sandy? Well, was it yours? You know, it was... I think it was my idea, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so... You want to give the you're like giving this this some background to your mm-hmm. characters right. and uh, giving you something giving your audience something to to hook into. Yeah. So when the story starts, uh, they they have some semblance of what's been going on. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Sandy, and uh, what are your what is your thought? Do you you agree? Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, we were using a, a, a writing program, and I think the program also suggested a prologue. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have to have one. Right. But if there are things that you want your reader to know right off from the start, you may, you may decide to do one. And, you know, and we'll talk about this later as we get towards the end of the story, that... Um, you don't necessarily need an, an epilogue either. It really depends on your story. It's it's sort of case-by-case case basis. Mm-hmm. So not every story necessarily needs um, a, a prologue, and not right. every story necessarily needs an epilogue. I think the key point is you don't want to uh, info dump 
for lack of a better That's term. That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to just keep giving information and keep getting information. Number one, I think, because then you have no reason to continue reading because I'm getting all this information. Or all the information you're giving could be pointless. But you, you guys know, do a great job of really not, of not doing that at all. Yeah. You know, you know, like real life, when you meet somebody, say you bet somebody at a party, mm-hmm. they have a background. They've had a life before you even met them. Right. right. You know, and uh, they are an example of the what you might do in your story. Right. You uh, you start the story from the get-go, right, right. at the start line. Right. You know, and there's all this background that's already there, and there's stuff that's going to happen that you as the author know about. But don't waste don't waste a lot of time uh, trying to prepare your, your reader. They used to do that in the old days. Right. And a lot of classic right. uh, uh, literature was like that, and it would start pretty slow. Uh, you know, I, I think human people these days they they want an immediate fix. They they want it right away. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't want to have to watch uh, or to read a slow build up. Right. Sometimes you can lose people like that. You know, and, and uh, um, Daryl, one of the things you do great uh, is the action sequences in the book are fantastic. Uh, and you like to start with having something happen on every page in some form or another. Something is always happening, keeping the reader engaged. I was certainly engaged um, all the way through. Um, uh, And the great thing about uh, you is when you start, for instance, a scene with action, uh, if you're introducing new characters or a new event or scenario, Mm -hmm. you, you, you explain shortly thereafter what's going on. So the audience isn't lost. And I think that's a key in writing a beginning to a story mm-hmm. is if you're going to start the story with action make sure that there's some sort of a follow-up that's going to help the story yes mm-hmm. well you know uh, as the author and uh, and I think we did this uh, you're, you're getting ready to take your uh, your readers like passengers on this ride mm-hmm. in this roller coaster mm-hmm. and you're not going to tell them all of the twists and turns but you're going to tell them that uh, you know it's starting at this point and it's on from there, right? And you know, mm-hmm. you, you you mentioned you know people sort of wanting this instant gratification. They want to be satisfied, and they want things now. Uh, so when it comes to the endings of your stories, and I don't want any spoilers, obviously, about the story, uh, aside from what the title gives us. Um, but um, how do you write the ending so that it doesn't feel rushed? That you know. Things are sort of falling in place. Well, you know, I, I think it, you've got to resolve issues. You know, you brought issues up in the story. You have to, you know, you've got these through lines going through, and you have to resolve them. And you have to resolve them with a great deal of satisfaction. You have to be satisfied because you certainly want the, the reader to be satisfied. Uh, you want uh, uh, them to get to the end of it and say, man, you know, what a rush, you know, and how, wow. You want them to be wowed at it, mm-hmm. and you don't want them to. You don't want to go out with a whimper and say, "Man, you know all of that build up," and it kind of it kind of whipped out at the end. You don't want right. that. No, no, you don't want that, Sandy. Uh, when talking about wimping out at the end, uh, which you did not, um, if I'm writing a story, mm-hmm. do I have to write a happy ending, or can it can it be ambiguous or? Um, can it be, uh, you know, maybe a not so happy ending? 
It can be all of those. Mm-hmm. But it has to be consistent with the body of the story. Mm-hmm. It depends what so you're writing, right? You should have either your outline or cue cards that have a listing of everything, every point that you want to have resolved. Right, right. So it's really it's just going to really depend on the tone and the themes of the story. Right. You know, and, and, and you know, because both happy and, you know, sad can be bittersweet, you know, and powerful as well, well but it really just depends on. convey the central message of the story. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so and we've talked about cliches before. We did a whole podcast on cliches and puns and avoiding these things. Um, but for our new listeners and readers who are trying to be writers, um, how do you avoid cliches when it comes to ending your story? Well, I'm not sure what you mean by by that because cliches are not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so when they're overused and used in the wrong place, or or used. Uh, uh, by the author, uh, uh, by accident, but or used by the character on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, they have their place. You know, anything that's, I, I think, overused or put in the wrong place is, right. is not good. So, you know, endings are endings. Endings are going to be happy. They're going to be sad. They're going to be surprising. And some will be uh, like, like the Sopranos, it just fades to black mm-hmm. suddenly. It depends on the kind of story you're writing, you know. And if you're doing, doing a mystery or if you're doing a, uh, uh, an action s- a story or if you're doing a fantasy story or if you're doing something that uh, uh, that's a cliffhanger story, you know, or something like Albert Hitchcock would do where you just cut it off. Mm-hmm. And remember, stories are mimics. They're mimics of life. Right, right. <clears throat> so... Write what you have observed mm-hmm. or want to observe. Well, well, and I think that too, and and get the ending the way you you uh, satisf- make a satisfactory ending. Right. Okay. And one where the reader can say, "Man, that was worth reading. That was worth my uh, my fifteen bucks for this. This was good." Right. Right. Okay. Um. When it comes going back to introductions, when it comes to introducing characters and world building, because you built this fabulous, fantastic realm which these characters, you know, are denizens, how do you balance world building and introducing a new character, you know, into that story? World building. Well, you know. In your mind, you've already had that world constructed, mm-hmm. and uh, you put uh, a character in the story that fits mm-hmm. into that construct. Right. You know, unless you're writing some kind of time story where somebody is a fish out of water and he's right, right, the right, right, or he's come from the past or something. Uh, you expect your characters to fit in that world. They have the, the vocabulary, or they don't, depending on if they're outworlders mm-hmm. or outlanders, right? Or they uh, they uh, they 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 have the the, the social uh, uh, relationships, or they right. don't have. So, those, but but it, right. it has to. They have to. They have to be. They have to relate to everybody else in the right. story socially, right? Or and, not? And, and, it, and right, and it shows how the character uh, is shaped in in terms of their perspective. I could t- I could take I could take you probably. You know, as as, uh, as an American, and put you in a story anywhere, almost anywhere in America, 
uh, because there are a lot of uh, values and experiences uh, that we've all had, and you'll fit right in. But if I take you and, and put you in a, a, a Yankee in King Arthur's court, you right. know, that, that's something totally different, you know, and you are, and maybe that's the story you want. Okay, so suppose that is the story I want, or suppose I want to start my story with like a flashback, like the movie Memento. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's one of my favorite movies. Guy, the story starts sort of in the middle, and you know, as you watch the story, it takes you from the beginning to the middle, and from the ending to the middle. It's interesting. But how would you, how, how do you implement flashbacks? It's well, about you know, context, that's right? A, a flashback. Uh, especially when in opening a story is is uh, tantamount to a prologue, you know, and mm-hmm. because you're giving us some background information, right. something that's necessary. And right. It's not it's not superfluous, and is it's uh, it's something that you need for the story. Uh, a flashback is easy to write, you know. Uh, you 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 start listening uh, uh, memories from your character and uh, that are pertinent to uh, the story mm-hmm. and how the story is going to go. Um, it, it, it may be necessary to know that this person uh, uh, just escaped someplace or right, he just right. arrived at some place or that he had some relationship uh, that's going to have some bearing on the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting when you uh, watch uh, uh, a series like Law and Order, they always start with a killing. Yes, they, they always do. start with a killing. Yeah. And then somehow that relates to something that's going to happen in the story. You know, it's really interesting. Um, when I was in uh, school uh, screenwriting, uh, they had an interview with one of the writers from Law & Order. And her um, uh, input was that they, like you said, start out with a murder and they work backwards. Mm-hmm. How did it come to be? And who was involved and so forth. They go from the murder point backward. And other times uh, they they start from that point and they just solve the mystery of what what happened. So uh, with that being said, Sandy, how do you then avoid um, uh, predictable endings to a story? Like, oh, obviously that was going to happen. Like, oh, he turned out to be the bad guy. That, you know, ooh, evil twin. Okay, who didn't, you know, how how do you avoid these sort of predictable endings do you think you'd so, have to make sure that when you're writing either a personality has a twist mm-hmm. or an, a situation has a mm-hmm. twist or an environment has a twist right right but there has to be a twist right yeah I mean you should I think you one should be able to recognize when uh, you're going to have uh, some cliche ending that everybody's going to guess. Yeah, I know who the killer was. I know who that was. Right. You should be able to do that and have the intelligence to know that your that your reader is going to be able to do that too, and then twist it. Right. Okay. So maybe the villain ends up being the one tied to the river. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> for instance, uh, something uh, like, like in, in the movie Frozen, uh, True Love's Kiss mm-hmm. was going to save uh, uh, her sister. Right. You know. And you, ordinarily, it's some true love kiss from some prince, and right, some, right. some man. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it was sibling love. You know, it was, it and was, that was a twist. Was a, they did a really great job at twisting that, mm-hmm. especially with they the introduction did. of. Um, they had, yeah, uh, they had Hans who's Schwinn's uh, owner? What's his name? Um, they had the blonde. What's his? 
It's a Hans, right? Hans, right, yeah. right. Hans was Hi. on Hi. the ice yeah. running toward uh, Anna. Right. Running toward her. Oh, here is true love's kiss. This is right. going to save her. That was Kristoff. Yeah, Kristoff, sorry. Right, right. I'm sorry. It was Kristoff. Yeah. And then, then she, uh, she turned away from him, and he was surprised as right. he was running toward her. He just stopped. And she went toward her sister who was about to be killed. Right. You know, and she she threw up her hand. Yeah. She saved yeah. her you know, and, and, uh, and died. She froze. And her sister, uh, you know, revived right. her by sibling love. Right. You know, um... I think I think I think you're right. I think I think putting a twist on it is really the uh, the the best way to to do it. What about- yeah, I, th- I think you know. I think it's I think it's you know it's, it you doesn't take to- much brain power to know that people are going to guess the ending. And if you're going to guess the ending, then you, I think it's incumbent on you as as the writer to make sure they don't twist it. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Make it unexpected. Yeah. Suppose the suppose I'm writing an ending and maybe the ending feels too open ended. How can I then provide closure to everyone? You know, well, that, you know what? You know, Some, sometimes open ended is is you know what, what you want. What, what, speaking of open ended, no, no country for old men. That was open. ended I feel like that was open ended. You know what else was open ended? Dune. You know what else? It was open ended. I feel like the ending of Sopranos was open. I mean, like it cut mid sentence. You know, right. you know, there, there, there may be lots of reasons why an author would leave it like mm-hmm. that. You know, that's the way the story ended, or he's got some ideas for another. Right. Uh, but just like Dune ended open ended. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, the heir to the to uh, the throne or. or the Duke, right. the young Duke, the twenty-year-old Duke, he walked off with a bunch of other people toward a uh, toward a spaceship in the desert, and now they have Dune too. <laughs> All right. So, what about cliffhangers? Not necessarily the Sylvester Stallone movie. Oh, not that movie. But uh, or the uh, the Ace Ventura scene, which just ruined me. Poor raccoons. Um, how uh, how can you best implement? Cliffhangers. I, you know, we're talking about leaving stories open ended. Some of these are, are cliffhangers. So, how would is it? Uh, well, a, a cliffhanger is 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 really gets you to a point. It, it it takes you up to the mountaintop, literally. Yes. And leaves you there. Right. Right. You know, and you don't. Everything is up in the air. You don't know what what happens. And uh, uh, I think your principal characters. Are already gone. Your your bad guy's already gotten away, or your your good guy is is laying there trying to survive, or he's gotten what he came for, and the bad guy's standing there with his mouth open, wondering what's going to happen. Right, you know, right. and, and so you know that something else is going to happen. Right. You know, uh, 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 episode four was a cliffhanger, right? You know, yeah. look what look what they did to Han Solo. Right. They put him in carbonite. Yeah. That was right. a cliffhanger. Right. You know, and so they had to do, they had to resolve that. Right. When Empire Strikes Back. But it, it has to sort of, yeah, for lack of a better term, occur naturally, right? It has to sort of stem from <clears throat> unsolved character arcs, or it has to stem from uh, unsolved conflict, or it has to stem from a previous you know, string in right, the story. Right. Yeah. You know, or if you like Alfred Hitchcock, he just cut the story off. Right. Damn. And right. then the credits are coming in. What happened? What just happened? 
Oh man, I love it. It's just like uh, uh, North by Northwest uh, of Alfred Hitchcock. They had Cary Grant hanging off a cliff, and then yeah. uh, off of uh, one of the uh, uh, the statues uh, of faces. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's in the bed with uh, in the next scene with the heroine of the story. You wonder, well, how did he get from there to there? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do love a good cliffhanger, but dear listeners, dear listeners and readers, I don't want to leave you uh, hanging off a cliff. So if you want to understand uh, where uh, Daryl and Sandra are coming from, you can check out their book, How Nicholas Became Santa Claus. Uh, you can visit our Facebook page at Troop Books. You can visit our Instagram at Troop Books, our TikTok at Troop Books. And uh, where you can visit uh, the author page at the Ewing's Publishing, and you can pick up a hardcover or a soft cover. And uh, let us know what you think. If you like it, let us know if you have some questions. Um, maybe you want to engage our authors. And next time, perhaps I'll talk to you on Conversations with the Authors. Mm-hmm.